being so, and I'm going to use the term again, radically honest has elevated my experience so much because there's nothing left to weigh on your shoulders. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to your Badass Journey podcast. Today on the episode, I have Miss Jordan Lewis. Jordan goes by Miss Jordan to all of you listening. So if you hear me refer to her that way, that's what she prefers. And she is someone that I'm excited to share because it's a conversation I haven't quite yet had yet on the show. And it's really about that spiritual connection in all that we do. So when you think about your intuition or when you think about that gut check that helps you make your decisions or even maybe run away from moving towards something, it really is about that spiritual connection within us that helps us move through it all. And what Jordan shares with us today is how she's taken the calling, I would say, in order to build the business and practice she has today in the most authentic way she has felt and how she shows up. And I thought it was important to share this type of conversation with you because some of you out there might be denying who you really want to be by listening to other people's stories of who they think you should be. And as Jordan shares with you today, until you actually stand in your truth of who you're meant to be and follow that calling and shine from within, which you know I'm all about that alignment of finding out how you can integrate what you love with what you do every single day, that is standing in your truth. So I hope you enjoy conversation with Miss Jordan today. And um, just a little heads up, there are a few curse words used in this conversation. So in case you have little ones listening or that kind of language turns you off, it might be worth having headphones in and fasting forward when you need to. But just wanted to give you that heads up so those who are listening can be in on the conversation without feeling, you know, intruded upon. (laughs) So here's Ms. Jordan and how she shares becoming the founder of The Unicorn Way. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Miss Jordan on with me. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, Kareen, what's up, girl? Oh, girl, I'm just so excited to talk to you today because your your zone of genius as well as line of business is so unique um, and so needed. And and it's why I wanted to have you on the show because I'm someone that found my connection with self by connecting to my spiritual side. And it's something I rarely get to talk about uh, and share with others. And to know someone who has built uh, a practice, a business, uh, constantly gifting others with your grace, 
I would really love for you to share your journey on how you got to where you are today in you know, building the masterminds you've built, building the, the programs you have, the events you have, but truly what got you to this point to truly follow your calling? Man, I'm going to have to sink into that for a second. First, thank you so much for having me. Um, hello to, to the listeners. And uh, I feel so honored and grateful to be, be on your podcast. You know, you are someone that I really resonate with and connected with like almost immediately. I remember like super deep hugging you the, the second time I met you because we met originally at Bliss, I think. And I love having conversations like this with soul sisters that just that get it. You see them and you, you know, you recognize them. Like you recognize their spirit, their soul immediately. It's like this eye contact and this embrace and and I'm super happy to be here. So what got me to this? <laughs> It's hard because I don't know what you would even define as this, but if you're specifically referencing like my work, and I say work lightly because I want to make it clear that it's not a, it's not just a career. It's it's this is my life work. Like it truly is. You hear people say, you know, you know that you're operating like in your soul space if you would do what you do for free, and. I, what I do is it is that like it's for free. Like I, <clears throat> I say for free. Not that there's not an energy exchange or an abundance exchange. That's so necessary for there to be like an equal energy exchange for me to like serve at the highest level, right? So I can continue to do it. But what I do is not like a part of me. It's an all-encompassing. Like this is how I live my life, and how I share with other people ideas and inspiration and opportunities for them to connect to their own spirit is it's a practice of literally just blazing the trail by being myself and being uncensored and operating and speaking and living in my truth. And how that came about was, you know, I, I've always been super connected to source, divine, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't preach or, or push a spiritual belief of one understanding. I believe every single person has a spiritual connection of their own understanding. And so what I like to, how I like to view myself um, is just merely a messenger or a facilitator to help aid others in connecting to their own understanding, belief system, source. And I was always connected since I was a young child. And then somewhere along the lines, lots of places along the lines over the years, I slowly disconnected from spirit. I mean, I've always stayed connected in, but I disconnected from my ability to voice what I was experiencing and the knowings that I had out of fear of not being received properly or not fitting in or someone not understanding me. And so I, I muted my own, my own voice for a long time and my knowings and my sharings. And that probably started young. I was bullied in school. I went through some pretty traumatic stuff at a young age. And then I met my first husband who was amazing, beautiful man. But I just found I was living like real muted. Uh, no fault of his. I just wanted to be like 
seen and loved and perceived by him in a certain way that I thought required me being something and realizing, like not realizing at the time that like the purest of love is only found within yourself, um, period. You know, you can't, you can't get it from an outside source. Although back then we're talking like young, this is when I was in college when we met. I didn't understand that. I looked for validation and love like from external sources, including him, friends, family, instead of just truly like being on a path of self-love. Um, I divorced him and I met my second husband. When I entered into that relationship, <clears throat> it was like next level silence. Um, again, no fault of his, like everyone has their demons and their shadow work and, and stuff that comes up. I do, we all do, but to maintain that relationship, it was like required of me, or I thought it was required of me to really like kind of hide out, especially my connection piece, um, family and stuff too. They would think I was weird if I like mentioned my angel cards or <laughs> any of my stuff. So I was in a spiritual closet, so to speak for a while. I remember, you know, I, I'm well-versed career-wise. So I've been everything. I started out originally as a court reporter. I was the youngest court reporter in the state of New Mexico ever. And oh, the schooling for that was treacherous. <laughs> in college, I took 21 credit hours. I finished with my bachelor's before I even turned 21 years old. I worked three jobs and I hustled, hustled, hustled. And it made great money. And it was, it was awesome. But I remember sitting in the courtroom one day and taking the record because that's what court reporters do. But you're, you're, you have to be partial. You have to just take the record with offering up no opinion, no solution. And I remember feeling like the fly on the wall. And feeling at the time, like now in the space I'm in now, I can identify it looking back. Like this is not an alignment. Like I have something to say here, you know, <laughs> whether it's this guy's the damn liar or whatever. Like, and I remember I would get in trouble for, by the judges for like rolling my eyes in the courtroom. You know, like you can't do that. You're taking the record. <laughs> and so at the time I thought maybe I'm going to go back to law school so I can have a voice, but I was so schooled out. And to make long story short, an opportunity opened up to become an adult felony parole officer in the hometown of my first husband. And at the time, I, I think I weighed a, a buck ten. I was young. I was cute. And I was not your stereotypical parole officer in a city with three prisons during the recession. And I had a caseload of like 98 offenders at one time. And 15 to 20 of them at any one time would be sex offenders. Pretty severe cases and I'd have to go out and do house calls and all this stuff. And it, it really wasn't safe by like logical terms. Although I never felt in danger because the energy I carried was profound. And also like my focus was really on the rehabilitation. These people had already been through prison. They'd done their time. And I really believed that like, if someone decides to shift their, their experience, they can. And so I remember taking the form of more of a counselor, like rehabilitative officer versus like a law enforcement officer. At the time I thought I wanted to have children and it kind of got started getting heavy and a little dangerous. I remember I, I was out on the reservation one time in the snow. I got snowed in in my car. It was just me and my gun. I had no cell phone service. And I was going out to visit an offender who was recently released from federal prison for killing his wife and, and his two children. 
And I just kind of got a download at that time that this is okay. But if you continue on this path, you'll serve, but you probably can't have children. Like, I don't think it's going to be safe. And I remember feeling that. And at the time I, I had the most beautiful husband ever. I wanted to have children with him. And I thought, okay, I got to shift into something else. So then I went back to beauty school. I went to beauty school and worked for my in-laws for a little bit. Then I took a year off. In between there, I did um, professional competitive fitness. I became a personal trainer. And I helped run an entertainment magazine and co-owned an entertainment magazine in town, the town that I, the city I was living. And I did all that in the interim. And then I finally, when I divorced my first husband, I, I took a year off and I decided to open my own hair salon and day spa, which I loved. I lo- but I didn't love the hair. Like I wasn't passionate about the art at the time. It was more about the still the connection piece, connecting to people, helping people. I remember I would like turn the women around in their chair after doing their hair and like the, the external transformation, like they would light up. And I would get some sense of fulfillment from ha- helping them feel this type of confidence about themselves. But then I was really fiercely missing the piece of like the internal transformation from my pearl officer days. And I ran that salon for three years and then I decided to close it. And I, I, I knew I wanted to do something that kind of combined all of it. Like I wanted to be a a middleman for women specifically between the surface level selves that society, family, marriages, whatever condition them to be and the truth of their soul and their higher self. And I went out to Lori Harders, um, who's a mutual friend of ours. We, you know, we're in the mastermind, Chris's mastermind together, but we, uh, I went out to her bliss project. I think it was the first year and she was speaking on the stage and I could see how she was profoundly affecting these women by just reintroducing them to themselves. And it just hit me like then, like, this is it. Like, I need to do this. I need to connect with women on this level. I want them to feel beautiful and confident in all the things they feel when I turn them around in the salon chair. But I want them to have the ability to self-heal, rehabilitate, shift their experience like on a deep level, how I did in parole. So I took a year off. I was an ad exec for Albuquerque Magazine. I lived in New Mexico still at that time. And I, um, I just kind of tried to create and I, I didn't really create like the unicorn way just came to me. And initially it was going to be like a women's empowerment company. And I, I was going to do like all kinds of things. I thought I'm going to do makeovers externally and then, and then internally. And you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out, you're like, I want to do all the things. So I thought I'd even do relationship coaching and like all this stuff. I wanted to be like the hitch, like the female hitch, you know? And uh, anyway, over the course of a few years, as I developed, and this is interesting how this works, and it's just coming full circle to my original point, is as, as I developed my own voice and really started showing up in my own truth and alchemizing my own self, the practice, my connection piece to other people and how my service would, would be in this world, and also the business kind of developed into what you see now, which is still women's empowerment but more of a spiritual awakening platform for people who are really ready to connect to their their highest version of self 
And over the last year or so, I actually got the download that, you know, it's it's awesome. And, and I love helping women, but I started seeing in some of my clients, like this huge growth spurt. And then they were leaving like the men behind, they were leaving their husbands behind, um, as far as the, the alchemy and the development. And so I'm like, okay, I was afraid of it for a long time. I have no idea why. I have some ideas why, <laughs> but I didn't want to work with men. And then I decided over last year, I need to work with men too. So now I still run my women's events, but I do a year-long mastermind that's co-ed. And I'm now doing one-on-one coaching with men and women. And uh, my coaching is just so different. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of coaches, business coaches, life coaches, spiritual coaches. I My coaching isn't me having this essence of being all-knowing and then like directing people. Mine is really just acting as a vessel for messaging that's coming through from a higher source for them to create and develop their own experience. Yeah, I think it's it's very similar to where I'm at now in my practice also. And thank you for sharing, you know, the the background of your journey because I think it's important for listeners to hear that when things are out of alignment, which were the many moments of you seeing an initial vision of what you should go after, putting it out there, trying it, and then still checking in to say, you know what, this isn't this isn't really it yet. Like I haven't I haven't hit it yet. And the messages slowly whispering to you to dial up, you know, how you actually listen to it and then take action towards what it is you want as you navigate relationships, as you navigate your work, as you navigate where you're living and where you choose to travel. My listeners know that it's all about aligning what you love with what you do. And that takes Mm -hmm. a connection to self, a connection to your truth to figure that out. But what I love about your journey is that it's not about making it an overnight success. Like It doesn't happen in just a split-second moment. That's why it's called your badass journey. It happens by stepping into the messages as you receive them, trying them on, figuring out, does this fit? And then deciding, mm-hmm. yes, this piece fits, but I want to go alter this over here. And how do you yeah. work that together in creating you know, the, the output, let's call it, in order to fill yourself up from the inside? And so being privy to... you know, Even I came and I spoke to your mastermind and, and, uh, and I love that you have a co-ed group because I'm all about that too. Like I feel like we are needing... There is a need for women to feel empowered, to find that voice. And both you and I have been through silenced modes of life and living mm-hmm. where we become mm-hmm. doers, but we're not really speaking our truth to, to align who we really are with, with how we're showing up and how others are experiencing us because we are of generous hearts, right? We're always yeah. going to give and create the space for the person across the table for us you know, before potentially speaking our minds ourselves. And then when that shift happened for you, you know, so obviously you've been out there, you've been a doer, you've had different businesses, you've been in different roles. When was the shift for you to say, you know what, I need to create the space for me to step up into my own truth and offer that as my service and be that conduit, you know, for... Mm -hmm everyone else to gain from, but also to provide me the life and the lifestyle I deserve as well. Yeah. I love I love that you mentioned that. And you know, I wanna I want to touch on that because thinking back into it, you know, I just spilled all the like 
honestly irrelevant like 3D shit about my journey just for sake of the listeners understanding that you can shift and change as, as many times as you need to. But getting much more personal, you're right. You'll get whispers and then they'll become screams. And for lack of better language, I'm just going to share that eventually you'll get a universal bitch slap if you don't listen and if you choose to not align. And what's interesting is I've had a few. I mean, to identify a moment, I know that moment when I saw Lori speaking, I felt like the call to do it. At the same time, I didn't have enough belief in self to think that I was either worthy of doing that work and or enough trust in source. I I, I still wanted to maintain control. And instead of just trusting it was going to align how it needed to if I listened before I, you know, got bitch slapped. So I've been bitch slapped several times by by the universe and the divine. And I'm listening though. I'm slowly starting to listen. But you know, on a on a super personal note, my my aha has just been I haven't had an easy run. You know, going through all the career stuff, that that's one thing. But like I've had a lot of challenges and I've experienced a lot of pain. And I don't think, I'm not a fan of this idea that you have to hit rock bottom to rise up. I don't think you have to. And so my thing was, if I can, because I was, I was my, my truth was so suppressed. My voice was so suppressed by self, first and foremost, but then by so many external sources that I allowed to take my power. And I remember thinking, if I can help one woman actually show up as her and know that she's going to be loved and received for that without having to shift anything about herself and that she could be and become whatever she wants and that she was worthy and deserving of the best love of the best life of the fucking waking up in super bliss every day without having to go through all of the shit that I went through to get there. That why would I not want that? Why would that not be my calling? Why would I not want to help some other woman experience this this self-development and the spiritual ascension without the struggle because it's possible. It's just it just takes faith. And and that being said, like I'm one who I mean I had all guy friends growing up. Like and I was told and I was conditioned from a young age that women are horrible, women are jealous, women are mean, women will backstab you and all this shit. And that was my firm belief system. Even when I started going into this work. And it wasn't until I thought, you know what? Women are whatever I allow them to be in my world. So if I'm approaching a woman with this energetic of, I'm just waiting for the day for you to fucking stab me in the back, that's what I'm going to manifest in my reality. So I shifted to every woman has a similar struggle. Every woman has had a similar story. And there are so many different types of pain. I mean, we can go into like, being abused as a child, to rape, to divorce, to all kinds of things. But the thing is, pain is so relative to one person's experience that it doesn't matter the the amount or the engagement and relationship with pain that one person has had versus another person. Like pain is pain. And so my aha was like, if I can help eliminate any amount of pain for women on their journey to self, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think it's a, it, it's a reflection also of the healing you needed for yourself. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a heart of service, right? Because I, I 100% relate to what you just said. 
even though when I was even going through my silenced moments of of feeling like I didn't have a voice. And if anyone, I mean, obviously now I have a podcast, right? Like, so I'm all about conversation. I love talking about everything, but I was not this way my whole life. There were many years where I was I was muted, similar to like what you said, and and everything was going on in my head, a lot of storytelling in my head of of my perception of the world by not vocalizing it. Um, but mm-hmm. that feeling of wanting to to know that my voice mattered turned me into making sure that I made other people's voices matter. And that yeah. to me becoming a service conduit of making sure they knew they mattered, making sure they were heard. I was the strongest listener you'd ever come across. I was the Oh, you are. Highest, you are a badass. You should be yeah. a badass. <laughs> High as confident, like you know, you can be confident in me, etc. But it meant to the point of like almost wanting to explode because I wasn't doing that self care. I wasn't connecting mm-hmm. to my needs, and I and I needed to make sure that as I was helping others, I had to find the way to help myself. And you know, knowing you where you are today and the stance you have now, in order to hold the space for all these amazing people that come in and out of your life. From that shift of saying, okay, I'm going to help these other women feel more empowered. And you Mm -hmm. started to do the work because you're someone that sets your mind on something, you go after it. And even if it feels like a bulldozer situation for certain situations, you know, like as you make it happen, um, what is the, the grace that shows up today in order for you to feel aligned in the work you do today? And how has that helped you really articulate now you know, who you are in this world? Well, I'll tell you, it's the understanding of radical responsibility. Because here's the thing, like I started to say earlier, and I I think I got sidetracked because I tend to do that. Um, When I move out of my own way and just let spirit move through me, whatever comes through, comes through. But I do want to touch on the fact that even when I started this work, like my whole brand was about living in your truth and speaking your truth, right? Meanwhile, I'm in a toxic relationship. Meanwhile, I'm self-medicating. Meanwhile, I'm not showing up in my fullest heart space for like those that I love, family, friends, or whatever. And the the grace I had to allow myself was, this is so funny that you even use that word. So my my word for the year last year was grace. And listen, when you speak something out to the universe, you'll have the opportunity to follow it up, guaranteed that. So I said, grace is my word. And then I specifically identified especially grace with self. So over the last year, I've had the opportunity to be presented with issues where I would allow others grace and also allow grace with myself. And what that grace looked like was forgiving myself for not knowing what I didn't know earlier. It's like trying to be angry at a toddler for not knowing how to tie their shoe, right? And so forgiving myself first and really allowing myself that grace. But second, for taking radical responsibility. I hit like kind of a a dead point in specifically in the business side of my service work. And I knew all along, but I was just too chicken shit to like face it. Once I finally faced it, I had to go. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion, right? Self-development, spiritual ascension. You have to like peel back the stink to get to the core, like sweet spot. You have to. And so I knew once I started really taking radical responsibility for my own experience, my own involvement with myself and others, that's that's when it would break. That's when it would give. And so the the clarity that you hear coming from my voice now and this knowing of I'm actually operating in authenticity. I'm actually operating in integrity. 
that comes from, I just had, I mean, essentially you have to decide or, or source God will decide for you. And it was like, cool chick, you're speaking this message of truth. Meanwhile, you're fucking hiding behind all this shit. Nobody knows. Like you're getting on and you're inspiring people on your fucking hot brew truth morning show. And you're, you know, in this toxic relationship in the background, or you're pouring a glass of wine at 10 a.m. in the background. And I just couldn't like, I, so last year before one of my big events, I left, I left to Costa Rica. I went and I lived there for several months and I did some self-healing. I did some sacred medicine and I really got right with self and took radical responsibility for the fact that if I'm going to truly do this work as service and act as a vessel for source and a conduit for change in our world, then I needed to take radical responsibilities and walk my actual talk because energy doesn't lie. Truth will always surface. And if I'm preaching one thing and I'm walking a different path, it's not going to be an alignment when you're connecting, whether it's with friends, relationships, customers, whatever. And so that's kind of, you know, the grace that I've put placed upon myself over the last year. And also like the radical responsibility for, I mean, and, 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 you know, you've met me before and you've, you've been part of my journey and you've seen me on some levels, uh, maybe not always the deepest levels, but some, and you're such an empath too. So I'm sure you can feel like two years ago when I said, speak your truth, like, yes, it was, it was a suggestion. Now, when I speak your truth, it's because I'm fucking doing it and know that if you're coming into my experience or my world, or I'm going to serve you in any way, there's no other way in which we operate. So it right. kind of weeds out everybody that's not serious about whether it's impacting this world or changing themselves. Like, And it's awesome because now my experience is so transparent and it's clean. And anyone that comes in and coaches with me or comes on an event, I know how, how that space is going to develop because I know that they're really in the work because I'm expressing and I am showing up in radical responsibility for myself my experience and it's right. coming from a pure intention. So yeah, and, and that's I allow that, them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, authentic leadership in your space. You know, like it it that the radical piece is the fact that it's that unapologetic side. It's the it's the the method at which you you show up. But the fact that you use the word responsibility, I really like that because it creates a connection. Responsibility mm-hmm. of self and then responsibility of others, two different connections obviously. But it's so needed in, in today to not numb out anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like for, for you to have moments of, of a suggestion of what to do versus an actualization of doing, like there's a, there's, there's a beauty in that transition. And also the, the true gifting shows up that way because to only mirror what you think is possible versus showing by walking the talk is a different attraction that you'll receive from those who are meant to be interacting with you, meant to follow, meant to guide you even. They, 111%. Right? 111%. You're right. And I use the term radical like super intentionally because it takes like absolutely like radical action, resilience, relentlessness. Like when I say like be responsible for your own experience, understand me like everyone listening it is not a fucking easy thing it is not easy it hurts it's ugly sometimes and i the only difference is now i've had so much faith and i've done it so many times that 
I know on the end of this fucking shit storm, there's a rainbow. Like I know that. I know that. So I push through differently. But you know, when you're first starting out, it's scary. And it's yeah. going to be scary. So that's why you have to be radical about it. Like you have yeah. to be so fierce and I'm going to, I'm going to own my experience. I'm going to teach others how to treat me. I'm going to show up in full heart service and love space. I'm going to be present and I'm going to do it all so radically because I know if I do it, you know, with this mellow feel, I can, well, for me anyway, I can get overtaken by the emotion, the drama, the fear. But if I'm like setting the intention to show up radical and especially radical responsibility with leadership, there's no other option. Right. Like you have to follow through. Yeah. Yeah. And the the best thing about you too, Jordan, is that it's not like what I love about you bringing your spiritual journey and your calling into your daily practice and your business is that you're showing the way for others who have felt um, that whisper, but not quite yet sure how to listen to it. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious if anyone listening right now is like, you know, sometimes there's that whisper and it's happening and I probably should connect more to my spiritual side or or probably should like figure out how to even dial it up a little bit. What's some advice you would give or methods that you've used or to help people get better connected to the truth that shows up and feel permission to actually let it shine a little bit? Well, I'd say trusting your body, trusting your senses, trusting your, your, yourself, your intuition. So here's a couple of things. Your intuition, <clears throat> it's your first two to three seconds of thought on any one thing. So literally, if, you, if you're asked a question or if you experience something, the first, the initial gut hit you get, that is the truth of it. Anything that comes after that is conditioned thinking and nicely conditioned because it's either been conditioned by one of your previous experiences, society, your lineage, whatever. Um, learning how to operate from that space. And that's scary, right? Because we always want to second guess ourselves. But here's the thing. In Conversations with God, book one by Neil Donald Walsh, um, he God says, feeling is the language of the soul. If you want to know the truth of something, look to how you feel about it. And I take that now very literal and understand you're going to have to move through some fear because this is not the way we've been taught to operate. So, but once you can, it's a practice, right? It's a practice you're cultivating within your own experience daily. If you, even little decisions, like when you go to open the fridge, if you get a gut hit to like grab the orange juice, but then you second guess and say, well, but I really want cereal. So I'm going to have milk or whatever. Like your body will tell you, you walk into a room, something's not right leave. Like, you know, the stuff and it's hard because we, we care about the love and admiration and and validity from other people's opinions so much more than our own body responding. Like your body will respond when you get in the shower. Like you'll know if you want a cold or a hot shower, you don't have to just put it on hot because you think that, Hey, I have the opportunity to have hot water and I'm in a first world country and I'm going to steam it up all day. Like what is your body calling for? So the number one practice for starting to develop um, this relationship with yourself is literally like just listening to your feeling, your emotion, and, and taking for at least for a little bit, taking the logic out of it, not out of it, but essentially shelving the logic for after because our logic space or our ego space, whatever you want to call it, it's not a negative. It's there to protect you from past hurt, from learned experiences. 
and it, and it wants you to acknowledge it. Fear always wants to be acknowledged. And so you can take this, this second of intuition. Ooh, I feel this about this person. Like I feel to me, Kareem feels good, right? I feel that I can then step back, acknowledge what else is coming up. Well, maybe she runs with this circle or maybe she has an opinion on me or maybe she, she doesn't have a lot of girlfriends. So maybe she's not a good woman to be friends with. Like I can go and process these things. I'm just using this as an example, by the way. I can process these things in my head from a logistical standpoint, from my conditioned thinking and acknowledge it and say, hey, okay, 3D self, thank you for showing up and for showing me all the possibility. Also, I'm going to go ahead and follow this initial gut hit because I know that's my soul speaking. And guys, it only t- it takes one time. I promise you it can be something as deep as a love connection or something as minuscule as what you're putting in your coffee in the morning. But if you do it one time and you act on that first two seconds, you'll see the outcome of, oh, that's really what I wanted. And it really shifted my experience. And I'm in a really higher vibration and a higher frequency because guess what? My actions are in alignment with the truth of my spirit. Right. And then that's what truly fills you up. Like that's what you say, fill my cup, right? Like it's, it's really about that soul food, you know, that you're feeding yourself every single mm-hmm. day. The, the intentional walk, the, the listening to the body, how it reacts. Like I had many years of denying what my body was telling me wasn't right because I thought I had to show up a certain way in mm-hmm. order to succeed right, or achieve or whatever that looks like. And it took many years to redefine it to start listening to myself again. And I know my listeners are definitely going through moments of that at times that they're looking for those tips and tools to just be a little clearer about their intention and how they show up and also start listening. And so I love that you say, you know, it's it's a feeling. Like how does it make you feel? And it's within that first two seconds. Like trust in that first two seconds, because that was the original desired outcome, you know, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. what you convince yourself it should be. And then exactly. to face like when it's when it's hard, face when it's, you know, uncomfortable. Those are those those radical moments, right? Like those are the moments that you actually step into action towards what's true. And then what's on the other side becomes much more fulfilling because it actually is aligned with who you're meant to be. And I love that. I love that you gave them that that tool and tip because it's it's so needed. I'm yeah, curious. and another one. Can I can I touch yes. on one more? That it just came I would through. love it. Another one is, <laughs> and I, I don't know why I keep referencing. So if anyone wants to pick up conversations with God, uh, maybe you can post a link. In book four, Awaken the Species, they talk about uh, the difference between like highly evolved beings and then humans in an unawakened state. And one of the 15 things they mention is highly evolved beings tell the truth always. Now, this is crazy because we are not conditioned to tell the truth always. We are conditioned to tell the truth when it hurts no one and when it's comfortable for us and when it doesn't put us in that stage of having to sit for an awkward conversation or whatever, right? But that's that's another tool that's a big one. Like you want to really get closer to like your highest self like be so radically honest with yourself first and then with others. And guys, this is this is a hard, deep practice. Like this takes probably, I mean, it could be different in everyone's journey, but for me, it took years to cultivate. And it's literally as far as even if someone says, hey, do you want to go to lunch? And you're thinking like, 
well, it was just her birthday. I haven't seen her in so long. I know she's feeling disconnected from me. Even like maybe it's your mother or whatever. And you're like, I know I need. And it's just all this I need, I need, I need. Like truth like needs nothing. It just arises. Like it's not good. It's no. And and there's no, there has to be no explanation. Like, no, I don't want that. Or yes, I want that. And just being honest. And I'm telling you like, and it's been the hardest thing, especially like going through the divorce I recently went through and all the stuff. But being so, and I'm going to use the term again, radically honest has elevated my experience so much because there's nothing left to weigh on your shoulders. You know, there just really isn't. Like, if you can just tell the truth, it sounds fucking simple, but it's the hardest thing to do. Instead of worrying, you know, you're, you're, you're anyone, whether they're on a public platform or not, or just in your everyday life, your job is to deliver whatever you're bringing into the world. You're, it is not your job to determine or control how other people receive it. So if you're just completely radically honest and operate in that space of candor, like very intentionally as much as possible, the entirety of your life will just kind of rise up to a higher frequency of being. And, and it's just, I can't explain it in any other term, except for it just feels like a huge load lifted yeah. off of you. Well, it's, it's the, it's, it's a lighter way of living for, it's the lightest way to live. Honestly, when you stand in your truth there's no longer the baggage of the lies that bring your shoulders down or the convincing and the energy it takes to show up in something that isn't authentic to you anymore. Yeah. To, to hit that wall over and over again, the truth creates that opening, that door to say, I'm walking through this right now because that's what I believe in. Like that yeah, is and, my connection. You know? And it's not, it's not like, again, like it's, it's, it's not... It's a practice. So it's it's just like any other practice. It's difficult at first. And I mean, I'm still experiencing it. Like it's a I, muscle. It's a muscle. Yeah, it's to a flat. muscle. Exactly. You have to work it out. And it's so funny because so I got us out on a date and there was this gentleman and, and I was attracted to him. And you know, I, I haven't dated in 14 years. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. And I but because I refuse to operate in any other way. I was just like, I know what I'm looking to experience. And I had to be so radically honest. I'm like, I'm absolutely, I'll go out with you. And you need to know that I'm in the space of practicing celibacy right now. And talk about fucking awkward on a first conversation. Like when you haven't even met someone in person. And consequently, like he backed off is not taking me out. And that sucks, right? That's like, if that's when it's not easy, it's hard and it doesn't always look good. But I know that there's no tension of me having to be attracted to him or things get hot and heavy in the moment. And then me having to say, actually, I'm practicing celibacy. If I'm just upfront about it, then it's easy because if that's not in alignment for them and their experience, then they get to move on to something else that is in alignment. And I get to create the room in my life for something that is going to be receptive of what I'm choosing to radically take responsibility for in my own being. That's right. Yeah. And I love that. It's like you, you create, you know, the, what came to mind as you were speaking, it's almost like when you're putting a recipe together for that like epic meal or that epic dish, you know, there's specific ingredients that come together in order to make it right. And it's cooked at a certain temperature. It rests for a certain time. Like there's, there's an elegance behind being selective as what those ingredients are, you know, to, to bake up whatever that end result is. And if you don't follow it, 
right? Like, especially let's say if it's like a souffle, you know, and I don't know why I must be hungry because I'm talking about a lot of food. But, <laughs> You're making me hungry. Too. Yeah, but like if it's like a souffle and, and you don't do it at the right temperature, you don't whisk it right, you don't, you know, put the ingredients in right, it deflates. And it's not, it doesn't come out the way that you truly desired. So to hold space for what's true to you and show mm. up in a way that allows the elegance of the moments you want to have. Because when we compromise, you know, and, and we've both been through phases of this, but when we choose to compromise to create a, a subpar experience, it's just something then that we have to make up for later. Like in some, in some way or form, whether it's the mm. choice in the relationship, whether it's it's sticking it out in a job, whether it's of like even some of our family relationships and like tolerating that tolerant mode. You, what I love, so I always love to say that it's like as soon as you come become an adult, you have a freaking choice. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you become an adult, and now in this stage, like kids are becoming adults, like much younger in their in their knowledge and their experience and and what they're able to decide for, but there's still development that needs to happen. But as an adult, we have a choice. We have a choice of what we choose to take on. We have a choice of how we choose to show up. And if you are someone who wants to have a truly connected, like abundant life, if you stand in your truth, the earlier you do that, the more opportunity shows up for you for what you're meant to walk into. 111%. And the universe will respond to the frequency you hold. And I love, love your food analogy. And I love that you use the term elegance. Um, I'm looking at it on my wall. There's a Audrey Hepburn quote that elegance is the only beauty that never fades. And so when you're talking about curating your life with a certain recipe and using the term elegance, perfect. Because literally, if you're doing it like that and you're allowing it to fall into pieces and I mean, fall into place with the pieces that you know are the ingredients, like it's a, it's a different, your life will be a different kind of beauty and it, and it will be unshakable. Yeah. And it, and it, and sustainable. Yeah. Like the enjoyment lasts longer when you actually take the time to select what you put in to your, I hope my, I hope my, um, when I finally break my celibacy, that it's sustainable <laughs> and the enjoyment lasts longer because all the time I took to put it in. You might have. I'm super deep, but I'm I'm super deep, but I'm also very hilarious. So we're just going to no, give no, your listeners it. all of it, yeah, all of it, of course. And I have some comments on that too. Which is basically, <laughs> it might be a little, it might be a little short burst in the beginning, but eventually you'll get that longevity you're looking for. <laughs> so great. <laughs> in those breakthrough moments. Um, but what I'd love, Jordan, for you to share with our listeners what the Unicorn Way is all about and, okay. um, and also what you have going on right now so that, so that as they've been listening and they're like wanting to have a deeper connection or wanting to do this type of work and, and access to you, you know, what is it that you're, you're putting out into the world right now to invite people into from your events, your mastermind, you know, what the unicorn way, unicorn way is so that, you know, they really can start this journey with someone who's been there before and also leverage all that you're gifting these days. Awesome. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Yeah. It feels really good. It feels really good to share. Um, I am so proud and I'm in such a space of, like I said, this integrity and truth right now. And so it's so good. You know, um, I released at the beginning of the year, all these expectations on myself and 
kind of got rid of all the online programs, everything that was in alignment with like my truest potent service. And so right now, ways to work with me are, are very simple. They're, they're all in person. So I take two one-on-one clients uh, a year. I have one availability right now. So it's a, it's a year minimum. And then I have my big event, which is Become Your Truth. There's 111 women. We have them out on the Native American Reservation here in New Mexico. It's the end of July. And it's a three-day event. And it's a soul-sparking event. This year's theme is Rise of the Phoenix. And it's an unparalleled event. And I say that from a very humble place of truly experiencing with these women and how their lives shift after attending. So that's, that's the big one coming up. I also host out-of-the-country retreats. They are all by application only. They can find the applications on the uniformway.com under the events page. But in February in Tulum, Mexico, I do a spiritual awakening retreat. And then in September in um, Italy on the Amalfi Coast, I do a soul expansion retreat. In November, I'm holding a narcissistic abuse recovery retreat also in Tulum, Mexico, which is it's huge. This will be the first year that we're doing that one. And, you know, I know there's a lot of language that's been thrown around about narcissism and it's kind of been abused, but it, it is a real issue on with both the, the masculine and the feminine and also parents. And there, it, it's a thing. It's an actual mental disorder. And if you have been a victim of it, it can make your experience a struggle if you cannot create an awareness around the healing from that. And then in December in Costa Rica, I host my leadership training. And so you have to have already been on one trip to be able to attend the leadership training. And everything this year is completely sold out. Well, there's openings for the narcissistic abuse recovery, and I have some openings for Italy. Um, and then, of course, I haven't even put tickets up for sale yet for the big event. But the spiritual awakening retreat already happened. I'm now booking for 2020. And then the leadership training sold out. And it's such a good group. And, you know, they can join my tribe um, on... I have a Facebook group called Spirit Gang, uh, the Unicorn Way Spirit Gang. And then my business mastermind has been such an interesting piece. It's, it's been my favorite offering because these are literally like peers that I'm like walking with and through um, business development, self-development, spiritual awakening practices. And the entire mastermind is focused on impact. Like, so people that are wanting to make a difference in themselves to have the ability to make a difference in our world. And uh, that's called the Freedom of Truth Mastermind. It started in January. And I'm actually going to do open enrollment for five more spots in May. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it is May right now. So it's open now. Uh, It will be May (laughs) when this airs. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to open five more spots. So, you know, working with me either one-on-one or in the business mastermind are the, the closest ways to work with me super close and, and more long-term. And then, of course, the retreats are... They're all uh, seven to 10 days long. So that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Like, I got rid of most online stuff. I, I was really feeling called this year to do in-person work. So I've got the business mastermind, the big event, and then the out-of-country retreats. I love it. That's all that that's all that I'm offering because I'm in a space of, you know, really receiving direction and and downloads and making sure that I'm operating in integrity and able to fully show up and serve whoever is coming into my experience and allowing me to help facilitate their connection with themselves. I think it's beautiful and and it's great that the different 
methods of which to connect with you. And also with, there's always a theme around it so that, you know, there's like an anchor of, of how to stay connected through what your offering is while you channel what's best for the group that you bring together. And so yeah, I love it's that. a super interesting dynamic. And I love that you said that because like we do, we, we place like a theme, but all of my stuff, and this blows people's minds, um, every, anything that, anything that I do is 85 to 90% channeled in the moment. So even like the mastermind, it's a business mastermind and I structure out some of the speakers and the location, but beyond that, it's completely emergent. And I have had some of the most profound experiences and have got to observe some of the most profound transformations because I know because I approach it this way that I literally, you know, I, I prepare physically mentally, emotionally. And when I show up, I get out of my way and I let spirit move through me to deliver whatever needs to come to those who are involved. Yeah. And what I love about that, and I'll call it a structure, it's like an unstructured structure. But <laughs> the, the reason why I love that is that because you're also creating a space for people to show up and actually share what's going on exactly. um, so that you can help with the navigation of what could be next for them versus too much of a constricted method to miss the opportunity to have those deep conversations. And so I, I think it's so needed. And, and I love that you're putting this all out into the world because uh, it's it makes an impact. And I've, I've been fortunate, like I said, that I spoke at your mastermind and met your masterminders and uh, your leadership. They loved you too. And, and well, it's just, it's mutual because that's the space you create, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's needed. It's needed in this world. So... I just want to thank you so much for being on today's show. I know we could talk for hours and and having you and sharing uh, just a small few minutes of you, it felt like, you know, that just flew by. But um, uh, well, really, when you're having fun, it flies by. And when you're <laughs> in a right. in aligned space with, with souls that you have yeah. sacred contracts with, with, which Karine and I do, yeah, like you can live lifetimes in an hour. And uh, I did want to mention if they want to just hang out with me and kind of feel for my I do a daily nugget on Snapchat. I know Snapchat's not super popular anymore, but I recently picked it back up and I'm enjoying it. Um, My Snapchat's I am underscore MS Jordan. Um, So you can kind of feel my daily life and get a little daily uh, spirit nugget there. And then on Instagram, um, I'm the unicorn way. Yeah, beautiful. They will connect. The one way I like to close out the show, Jordan, is for you to share with us, how do you define what a badass is? Okay, so this is this is this is me walking my talk right now. My my two seconds of thought, which I'm now second guessing because it sounds super arrogant, but I'm gonna flow with it as a practice to show you guys. I one I literally the moment you said that, I thought I look in the mirror. <laughs> I thought I look in the mirror, like I really look in the mirror and I acknowledge the power of spirit moving through self. And because I acknowledge that within myself, I'm able to acknowledge that within others. And I think when you can relate to others and and see the reflection of you in them, positive or negative, whatever triggers come up, whatever excitement or, or, or warm feelings come up, when you can really connect into another soul and know that there is no separation, we are one, you're a fucking badass. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, sister. And I'm so proud of you. I love everything you got going on here. I love the listeners that are on here. Mm-hmm. I love this podcast and uh, I cannot wait to see you soon. Thank you. You're awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, 
please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.